pray together. Heavenly Father, we want those words that we have just sung to be a true confession of our hearts. We want, Lord, to, to love you now in this moment. Uh, for some of us, we do. Uh, for, for others, we're struggling. So use these moments to uh, hold your love before us that we might love you in return. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're in the second week of a four-week series on our vision, and last week we spoke about the importance of vision, that it's so important to know what it is that you want to see happen. We imagine trying to complete a jigsaw puzzle without the picture on the front of the box, and we said maybe you could gather the right colors together, maybe you could find the edges, but at some point for you to complete that task, you're going to have to figure out what is it that I'm trying to make. And the same way for us as a church, if we're to make progress, we need to know what it is that we're trying to make progress toward. And so we reflected upon our vision statement. It's been our vision statement for for many years, that what we want to see is a glimpse of heaven on earth. As the gospel of Jesus Christ transforms us, our church, our city, our culture, and our world to the glory of God. We spoke about being a church that has a vision for gospel transformation and a vision that doesn't start over there, those people over there in need of grace, but these people here who are in desperate need of grace. That as the gospel does its work in our hearts, so there's a ripple effect from there to impact our church and our city and our culture and our world with the love of Christ that has been poured into our hearts. What does such a vision look like? What does it look like to get a glimpse of heaven and earth? And we said that there are four things. Everything we do as a church falls into one of these four categories, these four scenes, these four glimpses of heaven on earth. Last week, we thought about the first of these, worship. We said that true worship happens when we celebrate God's greatness, enjoying who he is, enjoying what he's done for us. And then we applied that to the life of our own congregation, thought about, well, how do we go about worship here? And we said that we have a very ordinary approach, emphasizing the ordinary means of grace, the word, prayer, fellowship, the sacraments. We said that we want to have a participatory approach where our hearts and our minds are engaged in worship. That is, you come here, it is not to observe, but to be a part of what is going on in the worship that is taking place. We said that we follow a liturgical form of worship. This means that the very structure of our worship, the very order of our worship is designed to teach us something about the gospel. It's designed to be a rehearsal of the gospel. And then lastly, we said that we have a blended approach to worship. We combine the best of old and new into one uh, hopefully smooth experience. This, on one hand, guaranteed that nobody's happy, and on the other hand, uh, it says something important about the, the diversity of how the Lord can be worshipped. This week, we move on to talk about the second area, the second glimpse of heaven on earth that we want to see here at this church, and it falls under the category of discipleship discipleship. That's what we're going to spend a few moments reflecting on today. Before we can talk about discipleship, though, we first need to talk about what the Bible calls sanctification. You get a great definition of what sanctification is on the front of your worship guide this morning. Now, when we talk about sanctification, we're getting at the idea of becoming more holy, of becoming more Christ-like. It's the idea that God is very concerned about the details of your life. God cares about the details of your life. Never think 
that God saved you as one of many to just meet his salvation quota? Never think, don't believe that you are a nameless, faceless entity on the conveyor belt to heaven. God is intimately concerned about the details of your life and having showered saving grace upon you, offering you eternal life through his Son. He continues this work of grace to enable you to flourish in your life today. Sanctification is that that process of human flourishing. If we look at the the definition, it's a work of his grace whereby we're renewed in the whole man. Every part of who we are is brought into alignment with what Christ is like. And we're enabled more and more to do what? To do two things. First, to die unto sin, to put behind us those destructive behaviors, thoughts, patterns that we have. Those aspects of our lives that that do do us harm. We're able to say no to those and put those temptations away and instead enabled more and more to live unto righteousness, to live as Christ lived when he walked among us. That's what sanctification is. It's the process of becoming more like Christ. Now, I've shared with you before that when we talk about this, when we talk about sanctification, when we talk about discipleship and holiness and becoming more like Jesus— it can sound a little churchy and a little boring, you know. Um, who, who gets up and say, I'm in the mood for some discipleship today, right? And the reason we think that way is because we haven't properly understood what the Bible is talking about when it puts these great truths before us. Becoming more like Christ means to become all that God intended for you to be. Becoming all that God intended for humanity to be in the Garden of Eden. It's reclaiming the glory of humanity. And not just that, not just looking back to become what he intended us to be. Becoming more like Christ, it means looking forward and becoming what we will be like for eternity. In heaven, all the hardship and difficulty of sin will be put away, and all the joy and righteousness of flourishing will be our experience. And so, as we are sanctified, as we become more holy, as we become like Jesus, we are becoming what we will be like for eternity. And that is why we say it's a glimpse of heaven on earth. It's a glimpse of heaven on earth, because as I become like Christ now, I'm becoming what I will be like in heaven. As I live like him now, I live like I will live in heaven. So sanctification, becoming like Christ, is one of the great graces and gifts of our salvation, that we are now able to live a life of flourishing. And it's in that context, the context of sanctification, that we then talk about discipleship. Because very simply put, discipleship is that hands-on or practical activity through which God works sanctification. Is the same thing in a slightly different way. Are those practical hands-on activities? It's those things that we do in order to expose ourselves to the grace that will make us more like Jesus. It is through a discipleship that we're renewed in our whole person. It is through discipleship that we are able to turn away from sin. It is through discipleship that we are able to live to righteousness. It's through discipleship that we are equipped for joyful obedience in Christ, to be all we were intended to be in Eden and all that we ever will be in heaven. If our physical strength is realized through exercise, then our, our spiritual strength is realized through discipleship. 
those practical hands-on activities that God uses to make us more like Christ. That's the general definition. Let's unpack this a little more, though, by saying three clarifications when it comes to discipleship. Sort of work this definition a little more. The first thing is very important for us to understand, and if you're new here this morning or you're new to Christianity, it's especially important for you to understand that discipleship is not the requirement, but the result of a relationship with God. Discipleship is not the requirement that you must do in order to be in relationship with God. Rather, it is the result of being in a relationship with God. Why is that so important? Because God does not say to you, right, if you live in this way, if you put those sinful bad patterns away, and if you do these good, righteous things, then maybe, just maybe, you will be worthy of being in relationship with me. Maybe, just maybe, you will earn my favor. Maybe, just maybe, you can be sure that I'll forgive you. That would be no gospel at all. The gospel says that no, God comes to us in our sin, in our brokenness, lacking all righteousness, and says, I have set my love upon you because I love you. And I offer you forgiveness, even though you've done nothing to deserve it. And only once you've accepted that, only once you've received the free gift of salvation, ask Christ for forgiveness and have your sin washed away, only once that has happened can we then talk about discipleship. Can we then talk about becoming more like Christ? This process of becoming like Jesus is the result of being in a relationship with God, not the requirement that we must achieve in order to be in relationship with God. Second clarification, our second nuance, is that it's the result, not the requirement. And secondly, that it's, uh, discipleship is gradual, not immediate. Sanctification generally and discipleship in particular are are gradual, not immediate. What do I mean by that? I mean that the moment you become a Christian, you don't suddenly become a perfect person. The evidence of that is on the stage. And the evidence of that is in our pews. And again, this is very important if you're you're new with us or exploring Christianity, because I I want you to understand that what we're not saying here is, yeah, now that we're Christians, we're good people. And our job is to kind of show the world how, how good we are. No, th- this, is a, this is a process. We are all works in progress. Where the Lord, having given us grace, of, grace for salvation, is now slowly but surely maturing our character, enabling us to be less superficial than we are, enabling us to be less hypocritical than we are. It's a gradual process, not something that happens immediately. Um, Clan Forsyth welcomed a new uh, member to the family yesterday. Uh, we got a kitten. Um, and then we named the kitten Haggis. Isn't that great? <laughs> so if uh, you ever come for dinner and I give you Haggis, <laughs> be afraid, right? Um, and it's great. This kitten's two months old, and the kitten is as daft as a brush, okay? Just daft as a brush. Um, up all night, whining and meowing, and you go downstairs, and it runs around your feet and hides in all the places it ought not get to and gets to all those places we took steps to make sure it wouldn't get to, you know? Um, just daft as a brush. Um, uh, small uh, and full of life, right? And over time, of course, 
this kitten, this kitten will grow. This kitten will mature. This kitten will get uh, physically larger and also more aware of its surroundings and more aware of, of, of uh, um, its role in our family. Um, a much more true and profound thing could be said about the birth of a human child. Okay? Parents of baptisms, I am not comparing your child to my cat. Okay? I just want to <laughs> <laughs> get that on the table, first of all. Before we get any emails, right? But in human life, right? A child is not born mature. A child is born a child. And over time, they grow and they mature. It's a process. And so discipleship is a process. From baby kitten to full-grown cat, from, from baby child to full-grown adult, to baby Christian to maturing Christian. Uh, this does two things for us. First of all, I think it's very encouraging because if you're like me, there are areas in your life, perhaps areas of sin, that you've not had like, vi- full victory over. There are areas of your life that you still struggle with. And because discipleship's a process, we're able to see that's, in a sense, okay. That the Lord is at work in these things, and he'll continue to be at work in these things, and you'll get there. Not that we celebrate them or sort of let ourselves off for them, but we just realize, I don't need to doubt my salvation because I struggle with sin. It's a challenging, it's an an encouraging thing. On the other hand, there's also a challenging thing. Why? Because um, healthy things do grow, whether a kitten or a child or a Christian. And over time, we should be seeing this gradual process. We should be seeing that more and more we are becoming like Christ. We should be able to look back to this time a year ago and recognize some areas in which the Lord has been at work in our lives, some areas in which the Lord has been changing us. And I I challenge you to think in that way. Are we seeing the kind of growth that we we ought to see in, in a healthy body? So the clarifications, discipleship. First of all, it's the result, not the requirement. Secondly, we say it's, it's gradual, it's not immediate. And the third clarification I'd like to make is, is, is that discipleship is, is liberating, not limiting. Discipleship is liberating, not limiting. Again, I think we sometimes have this struggle in the church when we think of what it means to live in a Christ-like way as if that is not the most full, most glorious expression of our humanity. See, discipleship is not just about imposing external laws. It's, it's, it's a liberating thing. Um, you know, immature people need law. Immature people need law. I'll give you an example. We need to tell a child on a cold day, you have to wear your sweater. And I don't care if you don't want to wear your sweater. You have to wear your sweater. You have to tell a child, you may not eat the whole tub of ice cream. You have to tell a child, you must brush your teeth. And if you do not do these things, you will be cold, you will feel sick, and you'll be toothless. (laughs) I'm giving you some law. And they walk in it. Now what happens as that child grows, as that child matures? They don't stop doing those things, but they do stop doing them just because it's law. They stop doing them just because dad said, and they start to do them because they know it's a good idea. Yeah, I want to be warm, I don't want to be sick, and I want to have teeth, right? They know that the law that you have laid out for them is for their flourishing. And so they don't think of it in a a slavish, legalistic way, oh, I've got to do these things, as they thought when they were immature. They think of them as a glorious thing that will enable them to flourish. 
And, and so it is with this process of discipleship. That discipleship, becoming like Christ, isn't a case of just imposing external laws upon everyone and we'll obey them because Dad said so. Discipleship is this process whereby we mature. And as we mature, we almost outgrow the law because we do it for his glory and our flourishing, not just because he said so. So what is discipleship then? It's this aspect of sanctification. It's this process that God is doing in our hearts to make us more like Christ. And discipleship are those practical hands-on activities that God uses to make us more like Jesus. That's what discipleship is. How do we go about it here at McLean? Uh, A couple thoughts. First of all, we go about it by putting on a plethora of opportunities for you to come and learn what it means to follow Christ with joyful obedience. We start this plethora of opportunities the moment a child is born. When we visit them and we share with the parents about uh, the gospel and give them some resources and tell them all about the work of our church, and then we invite that child to come to our nursery, and when they come to our nursery, we love them. We don't just babysit them. We, we love them because we want to create an, an environment and an atmosphere where these children will feel like this is their second home that they will associate church with a warmth and a love and a a sense of joy, that they were able to be in this place and be who they are and be with people who cared about them. From there, we move them into children's ministry where they start to put a bit more meat on these bones, teaching them about the gospel in a way that is age-appropriate, in a way that they are able to understand, showing them about the great love that God has for them and teaching them in the scriptures. From there, we dive into our our student ministries, which is designed to bring the truth of the gospel to our students in in a form that makes sense to them and in a form that they can understand. Being about the work of evangelism and discipleship and and service together, that they might grow to own their faith in Jesus Christ, that they won't be here because their parents said so, but because they know that the gospel is true, and they know that the gospel is true. They believe in these things as they've been matured in our church. We also have our fellows program and our young adult ministries, figuring out what does it mean to follow Jesus with joyful obedience when I'm starting out in my vocation? What does it mean to follow Jesus with joyful obedience when I am uh, thinking about uh, engagement or, or marriage? What does it mean to follow Jesus faithfully when I am working through this, this new season of life post-college? We have men's ministry with our brothers in Christ. We have women's ministry with mops and with cross trainers and with our retreat that's coming up. We have adult Sunday schools every single Sunday for us to gather together and and share and consider what does it mean for us to follow Jesus in this season, in this phase of our lives. And so through these and many other things, we have a, a, a plethora of opportunities for you to come connect with other brothers and sisters and learn what it means to follow Jesus. That's ultimately what we're aiming for. Now I wonder, as a church, as an individual, how, how, how good a job are we doing of connecting to these things? In some areas, great. In other areas, maybe not so great. For some people, great. For others, maybe not so great. And I want to ask you this morning, if, if you've had a hard time, or if you've been hesitant to to connect to uh, discipleship, to these contexts where you'll learn to become more like Christ, what is it that's holding you back from doing that? 
let me share a couple things with you that, that hold me back. <laughs> the first thing that holds me back is busyness. Just generic busyness. And uh, no town, probably no town in the world thinks they're as busy as we are, right? Uh, we are objectively busy, but also busyness is, is an idol in our, in our culture. It's a kind of badge of productivity to be really busy. It's a sort of badge of, of honor for us. And so I think we find it very hard, and I find it very hard, to set aside time for those things that I know are most important. Because as I look at my calendar, I really want it to reflect the priorities of heaven. I really want it to look at that schedule and know that I'm investing my time in this way, and I will look back on that and know that that was a good decision. And so busyness is one of the things that that gets in, in my way. Another thing that gets in my way, and that perhaps might get in yours, and if it does, I want to mess with your stuff a little bit, which is um, safety or vulnerability. See, discipleship is great until you actually have to share your life with people, until you have to actually admit where you're struggling, until you actually have to name specifically what are those sins that you need to put away, and what are those areas of righteousness that that you're not Christ-like in. Um, Church on Sunday morning is very safe. Because you can be sure, I will never point the finger at you. (laughs) (laughs) You team balcony, right? Um, And you online people, get here, right? Um, (laughs) I'm never going to ask you to stand up and say, hey, tell us the sin you've been struggling with this week, right? And I never will because that would be the wrong thing to do, okay? So that would not be a healthy thing for us. But the church, the church is, we, we are meant to have those kind of relationships, not in this hour on Sunday morning, but in smaller groups throughout our lives. People who, who know your stuff, who know what you're struggling with, who know where you need encouragement, who know when you're doing well, who know when you're not doing well, who can see when you're flat, who can see when you're discouraged. And very often it's easy for us to keep church at arm's length. And we don't engage in these discipleship opportunities because we know that that will require us to do the kind of awkward work of real community. Ask yourself, how is it that we as a church are doing? How is it that you yourself are doing when it comes to connecting to these discipleship opportunities? And then the application is obvious. Get connected to some. Get connected to some. my hope and prayer for everyone in our church is that we would, yes, be here on Sunday morning, but that we would also be involved in in one other discipleship community, one other slot of our week where we are building this kind of relationship. Why? Not because you have to, not because you're meant to, not because your dad told you to, but because you know that Christ-likeness will lead to your flourishing and that there's no better use of your time uh, when it comes to the scale scale of eternity. So what is discipleship? Those activities where we become more like Christ. How, we do, how do we do it at NBC? There's a thousand options. The takeaway, get plugged into one of them and find that as you become more like Christ, you also get that, that taste, that glimpse of heaven on earth. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you for the extent of your grace toward me, that 
you're not content to bestow eternal life without continuing your involvement to enable us to flourish, making us Christ-like, like you intended us to be in Eden and like we will be for eternity. And Lord, I want to thank you for the people you've placed in my life who, um, who mess with my stuff, who step on my toes, uh, the people who, who I know I can't fake or kid or um, just walk through, go through the motions with. And Lord, I pray for our church. We really want to be a place, Lord, where the grace of the gospel has deep roots. A church that celebrates our salvation, but a church that celebrates the grace that is ours for our sanctification as well. And I pray for, for those who are, are looking to get connected, for those who are looking to get plugged in, um, and I pray for those who aren't, that you would make them that way. Um, would you enable us uh, more and more to be a place where, uh, through these discipleship communities, uh, true and deep relationships are formed, that we would more and more experience this Christ-likeness, this flourishing, and that we would more and more experience this glimpse of heaven on earth. We pray it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.